It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, Certified Nutrition Specialist and Licensed Nutritionist. You know, for the past 11 years, Dishing Up Nutrition has been brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition, education, and counseling. So often when I sit down with a client and ask her, what do you want to accomplish by changing your nutrition? Almost everyone says, I want to lose weight. And I bet everybody here in studio with me, all, both of you, I bet you say yes. hear that too. Yes. But running a close second for a reason is I want to avoid getting Alzheimer's because my mother has Alzheimer's and doesn't recognize me any longer. Mm-hmm. They always say their mother has Alzheimer's, not their dad, which was really been puzzling for mm-hmm. me. And then I started to read the research about the increasing rate of Alzheimer's, especially in women. Mm-hmm. As women, what can we do nutritionally to prevent Alzheimer's, or are we just doomed? I hope not. So, you know, as a longtime listener, and you're listening and you think, you know, you know that I believe nutrition works like magic. I see it working that way every day. So I thought as nutritionists and dietitian, we should share what we know about Alzheimer's prevention. You know, we have to think prevention. Once the brain cells start to die off, it is very difficult to get the brain working again. So today joining me as our co-host is Jamie Carlson, who is a registered and licensed dietitian. And she constantly has her door shut with new clients all the time at our St. Paul office. Jamie, what do you think we should talk about first? How sugar damages brain cells, you know, that sugar, mm-hmm. that sugar word always mm-hmm. comes up, or how eating trans fats can cause your brain to become dysfunctional. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for having me this morning. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we have to talk about both. Uh, both can contribute to brain dysfunction. So we'll dive into that. And, you know, some other, there's a lot of other great research around um, how eating things like bread and pasta made from wheat flour can cause brain problems as well. And we don't know if we'll have time to get to that today, but a great book is called Grain Brain, and that's a really great one to understand the, how some of these foods create inflammation in your brain and can cause that damage too. I think Dr. Pearl Mutter, yes. who is the author, mm-hmm. author of that book, would say you're going to have to give up your toast. Yes. <laughs> your toast and jelly in the morning. Mm-hmm. If you're eating that, you just might have to quit mm-hmm. eating it. Yep. You know, before we get into all the sugar, flour, and trans fat discussion, I want to invite Brittany Thomas to join us. Brittany is also a registered and licensed dietitian, and she recently wrote an article about Alzheimer's risk in women, a growing concern that will be on our weight and wellness, um, in our newsletter, and also on our blog. And when you wrote this article, kind of, Brittany, what did you find? What was interesting? Well, when I started to dive into the research, I found a lot of surprising information. About two-thirds of Americans with Alzheimer's disease are women. That's amazing. Yes, that's, a, yeah, a lot. Astounding. 
In recent research presented at the 2015 Alzheimer's Association International Conference found that women with Alzheimer's declined more rapidly than men. Hmm. And over 5 million Americans have Alzheimer's disease. And in the next 10 years, they expect a 40% increase. Hmm. You know, when, when you say those things, Brittany, my first thought was, what is causing mm-hmm. this? What? Mm-hmm. We've got to get to mm-hmm. the cause. Yeah. Exactly. And that's a really disheartening uh, prediction. So a 40% increase in the next 10 years of people with Alzheimer's disease. Um, so, you know, with a statistic that high, we know that this cannot all be a genetic cause. So there has to be some sort of food, lifestyle, environmental things going on here that are adding to this. You know, I think, Jamie, a lot of women, a lot of people, especially people that are more like my age, mm-hmm would think of it as being a genetic problem. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's genetic, they think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to to yeah. realize no, that can't yeah. be. And you hear just because like women live longer, sometimes that's why too, but we've got to look more at what are these women doing throughout their whole life that yeah. could be causing this. So, you know, whenever I'm looking for relevant information about a disease, no matter what it is, I kind of look to Gary Tobbs, who is the author of Good Calories, Bad Calories. You know, he goes up and he gathers all this research, past and current, and then he presents his perspective. You know, it's just his perspective. But, you know, he says Alzheimer's is another disease of civilization, Mm -hmm. much like heart disease, diabetes, and obesity. Mm Yeah, Yeah, and he quoted a study which included over 1,300 people from Minnesota And it found that people with type 2 diabetes had roughly twice the risk of getting Alzheimer's disease as those who are non-diabetics. And did you guys read in the paper this past week where Minnesota, there were four states where the obesity rate increased Mm. over the last year, and Minnesota was one of those states. Mm. So it was interesting that he looked at research from 1,300 people from Minnesota. Yeah. So we have more work to do. We do. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> you know, so the the fact that they found that these people with type 2 diabetes had twice the risk is a strong indication that there has to be some sort of a blood sugar connection to mm-hmm. the rise in Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And looking at that research and other research, yes, we definitely have to conclude that there is a sugar and processed carb connection to Alzheimer's. And those sugars and processed carbohydrates increase blood sugar. And after a period of time, you become insulin resistant and pre-diabetic. Yeah. You know, and most people, I don't think, understand how much sugar they're getting in really simple foods that they grab. So uh, we were talking this morning about coconut water. And mm-hmm. that's always something mm-hmm. you see kind of at Target now or just at the checkout line. and Or even at the health food stores. Yeah, yeah everywhere. Yeah. Mississippi um, Market. Yeah. And some people think... That coconut water is a really healthy choice, Uh but um, that might not be the whole story with it. So it may be healthy if you're a runner. I know my husband drinks it kind of after hot days to replace some of those electrolytes and carbs. But he's running like miles and miles and miles. And he's burning up tons of them. So, but if we take a look at the nutrition label of coconut water, just one serving, and a lot of times they come in containers that are like four servings. Um, One serving has about 14 grams of carbohydrates which equates to about three and a half teaspoons of sugar. 
And this is just plain coconut water. I'm sure a lot of people have seen like there's pineapple flavored and chocolate flavored. And there's all these flavored ones with even added sugar to them can be as high as like 40 grams of sugar. Which would be about 11 teaspoons yeah. of sugar yeah. in a serving. Yeah. So, and I didn't even realize that there were those kinds of coconut Yeah, there's waters. a lot of those out there. So, um, so of course, this is a better choice than soda, right? Because mm-hmm. we've got added chemicals and colorings and all these other things to soda. Where soda has about a teaspoon of sugar per ounce or about, for you know, for a 12-ounce can, it has about 12 teaspoons of sugar. Or orange juice, um, a small glass of orange juice is going to have about eight teaspoons of sugar. So, of course, we're not saying that... Um, Soda or sugar or soda or juice are a better choice. Um, so coconut water could be better than those, but you know we'd rather prefer people just drink water, filtered water, um, no sugar in there, no carbs in there, won't spike your blood sugar. And we know that these rises in blood sugar that we get from all these kind of random foods we're eating are creating excess insulin and can be leading to a pre-diabetic condition. So before we get into more research. Perhaps we should take our first morning break. Yes. <laughs> you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I am Brittany Thomas, registered and licensed dietitian, and I'm here with Jamie Carlson, also registered and licensed dietitian, and Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist. And today we are discussing women and Alzheimer's disease. Studies from the Stockholm Genealogy Research Center found that even people who have borderline diabetes or prediabetes were 70% more likely than those with normal blood sugar to develop Alzheimer's. Shocking. Mm -hmm. It is shocking. Mm -hmm. Very shocking. So if you have questions today, please call us at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. If you have insulin resistance, or if your A1C is creeping up over that 5.5%, then it's time to take action and get some nutrition help. Your first appointment at Nutritional Weight and Wellness will be about two hours. Seems like a long time, but there's lots to go through. Um, We'll write out a specific meal plan for you. We'll talk about, you know, education on blood sugar and everything, and we'll have all these goals aimed at bringing down those glucose numbers. So uh, we find food that is even more effective than medication for controlling your blood sugar. So get your blood sugar, blood sugars under control before it starts to affect your memory. And that's what we're diving into today. So call today for an appointment at 651-699-3438. And remember, we also do phone appointments as well. All of us do phone appointments. Mm -hmm. Yes. So... We have a caller that okay. we should take. All right. Good morning, Kathy. You have a question for us today? Hi, yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah, here's my question. Um, probably four or five years ago, my mom started on a dementia decline, mm-hmm. and the scans at Mayo Clinic showed her frontal lobe um, having atrophy or shrinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything we could come up with, you know, um, tested her for sleep apnea, and she did have severe sleep apnea. Um, and I'm just curious if you guys, any connection with oh. nutrition and sleep apnea, because sometimes even from my studies, you'll see uh, really thin people that are runners and things with sleep apnea. Yes. And 
yeah, and I don't know if I should just be quiet and listen. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that the, the con- well, there could be some different connections between the nutrition and sleep apnea, but I think it's you really need to get the sleep apnea under control. Mm-hmm. And usually, some people need some type of a a CPAP machine to do that, and they need to work with whoever their whoever their provider is to get that and get the right mask and get it working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And not give up on it because it is so critical. Um, I don't know. I think that there's sometimes that I find that people that have just beginning of sleep apnea, if they take a good portion of magnesium before they go to bed, they get down into a deeper sleep and they kind of sleep through that and they don't have sleep apnea as much. But they need to take probably about 600 milligrams of magnesium at bedtime, like a magnesium glycinate. Um, and of course, if, if, as you said, a lot of times people are thin, you know, we always think of people that have, that are overweight, that have more breathing problems, Mm -hmm. but we even know that kids, you know, I know that there's sometimes kids that are eight or nine and they maybe have their adenoids and tonsils are really enlarged Mm -hmm. and they're going to have some sleep apnea. I I think there's so many different reasons and I I don't know, Mm -hmm. did anybody, either one of you have anything special to add to that or? Not necessarily. I just know that um, I read a study a while back that people with sleep apnea had higher risk for Alzheimer's too because of less oxygen to the brain Sure. every night, year yeah. after year after year. So um, if but, people have that, I always encourage them. Just Nobody wants to go for a sleep study or get a machine, but um, it's definitely worth it. You know, a couple other things that I always look at when I'm working with clients is, you know, do they have a dairy sensitivity? And so lots of times I pull away the dairy because then there's less mucus yep. and yep. less... And if they have a sinus problem, yeah. we clear mm-hmm. that sinus yeah. problem up because if they constantly have drainage going mm-hmm. down, that you know for sure that that's going to keep people awake. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's funny little things like I have people that sleep with their pets and their mm. pets are not yeah. good sleepers. Yeah. And so that's constantly waking them up. So, um, but there's, and I think you're right, Jamie, there is such a good, a big connection between mm-hmm. not sleeping enough and and yeah. some type of brain damage. Yeah. So, I don't know if that helped any. I you know toward it, it the does. It, toward the end of the show, we're going to do a couple of things that um, some of the research has shown that will help to gener- regenerate that brain tissue. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So, I mean, that was an interesting question, that's yeah. for sure. But it's a very important question, yeah. I believe. Yeah. I think good sleep hygiene is important. Oh, Things like so making important. sure your room is dark and cold and there's not distractions like your cell phone in there. Yes, um, definitely. That you're not watching a lot of TV mm-hmm. and looking at bright lights before bed. There's a lot of people with sleep issues and a lot of it can be environmental factors contributing Absolutely. to it. Like no computer yeah. in yeah. the, yeah, mm-hmm. no, no phone in mm-hmm. your room, all those yeah. things. I have so many clients that sleep with their phone under their pillow sometimes. I know. Yeah. And just wake up all throughout the night as, you know, notifications and alarms go off. Yes. Crazy society we have yes. today. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> So, you know, we were talking about some of the research, and here's a study that was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association Neurology, and they found a strong association between insulin resistance and memory decline. You know, the researchers, they actually took brain scans of 150 middle-aged adults who were at risk for Alzheimer's disease. They found those with higher levels of insulin resistance 
use less glucose or blood sugar in the brain. Mm. Our brain relies on, and this is kind of interesting because I think people have to get their, wrap their head around this because but the brain relies on glucose or sugar as fuel. Mm-hmm. With less glucose getting in to the brain cells because it is blocked with insulin resistance, you have more memory problems. The cells with insulin resistance actually have a coating kind of over the cell receptor. And we talk about this in our classes all the time. I think we talk about it every class that we teach. And then it kind of blocks the glucose or sugar from getting into the brain cells. And then the brain cell has less energy to function and to use information, Mm -hmm. resulting in memory loss. Yeah, and that's, I think, often why they call Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes sometimes because those brain cells are actually resistant to that sugar getting inside those cells. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times, you know, I think this is a little confusing information. Yes. Yeah. Because we always say, no, no, you shouldn't be eating sugar, but why our brain needs sugar. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. And, and we don't want to confuse anybody. Yes, you don't want to have too much sugar, mm-hmm. but we also don't want to have too little sugar. So eating the nutritional weight and wellness way is that perfect balance. So you're not getting too much or too little and your brain will function fabulously. Yeah, because really low blood sugars can lead to some of that same Mm -hmm. brain damage that high blood sugars can. So um, it's really finding that balance. And the first nutritional recommendation I make to clients who want to prevent Alzheimer's um, is to reduce sugar and processed carbs in their diet. Big surprise. Um, So let's think through some of these mindless eating habits that so many people have. Um, This is one, you know, oftentimes on Sundays after church, um, we innocently go out to breakfast, maybe at Perkins or something, and we order a short stack of pancakes. Mm -hmm. So a short stack of pancakes at Perkins, you actually get three of them. Um, Those three pancakes have about 65 grams of carbohydrates in them and more than 16 teaspoons of sugar. And that's without even adding pancake syrup or any orange juice or something like that to it. So, you know, I think, Jamie, a lot of people would look at that and look at those pancakes and say, I don't see the sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They would maybe assume that the syrup has sugar in it, but yes. we don't think of those pancakes as being really sugary. Mm-hmm. But imagine, so we said 16 teaspoons in those three. So imagine taking 16 teaspoons of sugar and just one by one dumping that into your cup of coffee, stirring it up, and then trying to drink that. So that kind of example, we would understand how obvious, how sweet that is. But when it's kind of hidden in those pancakes, we don't quite comprehend that. So I think of all these kind of high sugar foods, or like pancakes, as memory robbers. Mm -hmm. And I think of it as a risky food. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. (laughs) What about French toast? Do you Mm -hmm. think French toast would be better? Well, Well, hmm. think again. (laughs) So we'll pick on the senior menu, the 55 plus French toast. How many carbohydrates? A whopping 108 grams of carbs. And that equates to 27 teaspoons of sugar. So that is definitely another memory robber breakfast. And you might find yourself having trouble locating your car after that breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) So I think what we should do is kind of go to our next break here. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing education and counseling. You know, as nutritionists and dietitians, 
we recognize that we're not always perfect. Try as as hard as we can. We sometimes are human, just like our listeners, and we fall off our plan. We also recognize it is much more important to focus on blood sugar control rather than weight loss. Mm -hmm. Long-term physical health and brain health depend on sugar control, blood sugar control. So we don't expect you to be perfect either. Just perfect enough to keep your A1C in the normal range. So, you know, we are really here to help, encourage, problem solve, and help you through challenging times. The reality is we all have challenging times. Everyone does. Mm-hmm. Yes, we Brittany, do. you're going to a wedding tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's challenging. <laughs> so, but we try to help people find solutions for these challenging times. So give us a call at 651-699-3438 to set up an appointment so that we can help you get your A1Cs down. Welcome back to Dishing of Nutrition. We're discussing why it is important to avoid insulin resistance to reduce Alzheimer's risk and memory loss. So are you struggling with insulin resistance? And we know that the CDC reports that 80 million Americans are insulin resistant. So we know that there's many, many people out there struggling with insulin resistance. So for you, a perfect class um, would be our Nutrition for Weight Loss class series. And this includes 12 weekly classes. And it also includes a two-hour consultation with a nutritionist or a dietitian um, to address just unique needs to each person. So whether your needs are related to cravings or your slow metabolism or your aches and pains. Um, all of all of those things can be addressed in this class in our, your consultation. So we have classes starting in St. Paul, Woodbury, Wyzetta, Maple Grove, Mendota Heights, Lakeville, and North Oaks, which are all our local offices here in Minnesota. So give our, one of our offices a call at 651-699-3438, or you can sign up online at weightandwellness.com. And before we go back into the information today, we have another caller. Good morning, Susan. You have an update for us? Good morning, Susan. Oh, hello. Hi there. Hi. I called in last week during Ask the Nutritionist and um, had a question about the dosage for 5-HTP for sleep and had some perimenopausal symptoms. That's why I was not sleeping through the night and waking up. So I just wanted to report back that I took 100 milligrams and I was able to sleep this week five hours without waking up. Oh, okay, now we'll, go, now we'll shoot with to six hours or seven. Yeah, yeah, and I'm making some other changes too. But um, yeah, so I just, I, I, always, I listen every week and it's always nice to hear back from people when you give advice. And, yeah, thanks. Well, whenever it happens for me like that, I always call back. And then I also wanted to comment about the woman that called about... Um, the sleep apnea. My husband has moderate sleep apnea, and mm-hmm. he did go ahead and get the CPAP, and he's been using it since January, and it's life changing. Yes, and you it do is. have to stick with it. So exactly, that's I, I echo what you said, Dar, for sure, because you have to get the right mask and the right mm-hmm. setup and the yes. right. It's it's a kind of a long, bumpy month or so, and exactly, it really does work though. <laughs> it does, yeah, and you're and taking you're about Alzheimer's and memory, and I know sleep relates to all of that, so mm-hmm. we all need our sleep. And you're taking like a hundred milligrams of five HTP. Yeah, I have the NutriKey that um, mm-hmm. comes in the fifty milligram capsules, so mm-hmm. they recommended last week I take two, start out with two. Yep, that's perfect. Okay. Thanks for calling us. We Thank appreciate you. it. Bye bye. So, you know, we were, you know, we were talking about these foods that are really high in processed carbs and sugar, mm-hmm. carbohydrates. 
So if you want to avoid Alzheimer's disease, we really have to stop eating this processed carb way. I know it tastes good, but it's kind of breaks down your brain. You know, another possibility, if you go out, rather than ordering pancakes or French toast, order eggs and bacon and a side of spinach and maybe a little, maybe a half a cup of hash browns. You can Um, get that just about anywhere too. Yeah. So you cut down the carbs and... You can look for cures and magic pills, but really, if we burn out our brains with too much sugar, we just can't restore it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a reality. Yep, it is. Well, it is officially fall, mm-hmm. and so fall means that pumpkin spice lattes are <laughs> being advertised <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> But the reality of this is a grande will give you 49 grams of carbohydrates, which turns into 12 teaspoons of sugar. Again, another memory robber. And up until this year, it wasn't even real pumpkin. Oh, really? Yeah, but even with the real pumpkin now, it still has that much sugar in it. So it might sound good, but and it probably will taste good, too. It probably will. (laughs) There's lots of sugar in there. So I have one more example. What about Girl Scout gluten-free cookies? You know, everybody thinks that. (laughs) So yeah, it sounds healthy, but these are the ones that have chocolate chip, and they're gluten-free, and they're a peanut butter oatmeal cookie, and three small cookies. They have about twenty grams of carbohydrates or five teaspoons of sugar. But I really don't know anyone that stops with three. Exactly. They usually eat six or nine. So not only do they get five teaspoons, they get 10, 15, 10 teaspoons of sugar or sometimes even 15 teaspoons mm-hmm. of sugar. Mm-hmm. You can't just stop with one. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if you're serious about avoiding Alzheimer's disease, and I think many people are, um, a lot of people have some really hard stories about people that have been affected by Alzheimer's in their life. So what do you do? How do you change these habits? How do you stop your mother or even stop yourself from eating a high sugar diet? Mm -hmm. As people become more insulin resistant, their cravings for sugar actually increase because their body can't get that glucose inside of their cells. And I think that's an interesting point, Jamie, that their sugar cravings actually increase. Mm -hmm. It's it's a biochemical reason. Mm -hmm. It's a brain chemical reason Mm -hmm. that they're trying to get energy into those brain cells. And instinctively, they think it's sugar, Mm -hmm. which if it was working... It Mm -hmm. would be sugar. Yeah, because your cells need sugar, so they're going to crave it a little bit. And if we're so resistant, it's not getting inside. Your body's just going to keep wanting and trying to get more and more to get inside your cells. So, you know, we kind of believe the only way people can change habits is through education. You got to know what's happening, basically. Mm -hmm. And we think nutrition education is the answer to it. You know, if you have developed insulin resistance, Jamie, how many people have you said... 80 million Americans. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you, you know, from eating higher carb, higher sugar diets, scientists specializing in Alzheimer's research clearly point out that when glucose can't get into the brain cells, people will start to have memory problems. Yeah. Those cells start to die. Those brain cells become damaged. And it isn't just because people are getting older. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. No. And I mean, this is so important to understand because over time with the progression of this disease, 
there is continual decrease in the amount of blood sugar used in certain areas of the brain. And a very critical area of the brain, the hippocampus, which is used for learning new information and for long-term memory, that starts to actually shrink from being affected by insulin resistance. I think we should emphasize that just a little bit more. Yeah. So our brain, specifically the hippocampus, will actually get smaller. Mm -hmm. So our brain is shrinking. Mm -hmm. From insulin resistance. Insulin resistance. And that's the first part of your brain affected Mm -hmm. in Alzheimer's disease. So this is one of the first studies to point out insulin resistance as the source of Alzheimer's. Uh, The study is called Insulin Resistance Increases Risk for Alzheimer's Disease. It was published on July 27th of just this year, 2015. Mm -hmm. New new research. Mm -hmm. The study also found it isn't just the people with type 2 diabetes, but even people with mild or moderate insulin resistance may have an increased risk for Alzheimer's disease. You know, both of our class series, the Weight and Wellness series, which is a six-week series, which starts the week of October 12th at lots of locations, several Mm -hmm. locations, I think six different locations, or our Nutrition for Weight Loss series, which is 12 weeks, and that starts the week of October 5th, and that's in many locations, explains insulin resistance and teaches people how to correct insulin resistance and with what you're eating, you know, insulin resistance not only causes weight gain, but more important, it causes memory loss and even scarier, it can lead you down the path of Alzheimer's disease. Not Very a fun, scary. not mm-hmm. a fun thing. Yeah. And again, this study, um, it was people with type 2 diabetes, so we know had insulin resistance. Um, they were the ones that had increased risk for Alzheimer's. And This study, again, was published in the Journal of American Medical Association Neurology. It was co-authored by Ariel Willett, who is a research scientist from the Department of Food Science and Human Nutrition at Iowa State, and Barbara Bendlin, who is from the uh, Wisconsin Alzheimer's Institute. So uh, well-renowned researchers Mm -hmm. there. I think we should have these two ladies on our show sometime. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Really good. Mm -hmm. So where are we with our time should I think we? we should probably take a break. Yep. Okay. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I want to thank all the wonderful women who attended the Menopause Survival Seminar last Saturday. And I really want to thank everyone for the great questions that they provided. And I believe we helped with some solutions. I also want to thank Mary Hoggy for team teaching with me. And thank to Brenna and Leah for who handled the Ask the Nutritionist show last week on Dishing Up Nutrition. And I'm proud to say we have been busy updating our weight and wellness series this summer. As many of you know, we've been teaching this series, the weight and wellness series, for the past 15 years. And every year we update the research, some of the graphics, but the main focus of the weight and wellness series is more pertinent today than it was 15 years ago. But some of the, you know, if you haven't taken it, I really encourage people to take it. And we're going to come back and Jamie, you are going to share the times and locations mm-hmm. when we're teaching the weight and wellness series. Yes. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today we're discussing women and Alzheimer's disease. The weight and wellness series is a must take series for anyone who wants to maintain good health and a good memory. For anyone who wants better health and a better memory, 
And for any nurses that need some continuing education credits, uh, we've got two choices to either take our upcoming weekend weight and wellness series. That's the weekend of October 9th, 10th, and 11th. So it's an all-weekend event. Or you can take this course over six weeks. So you come once a week for a two-hour class series. These classes start the week of October 12th in six different locations. And if you're interested in signing up for any of those, give us a call at 651-699-3438 or sign up online at weightandwellness.com. So we've had a few people that have asked us questions. Yes. Uh, One gal called in wondering what a good alternative to toast in the morning would be. And what I like to do is use some leftover sweet potatoes. And I actually will fry that up in the pan with butter and get Mm -hmm. it kind of crispy. That's really good, I think. Yeah, You could even put some cinnamon on it if you're used to doing like a cinnamon toast type type option. So So that's a good option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I think another possibility is there. If you're not gluten sensitivity, there is a wasa cracker that is mm-hmm. called light rye, and if you use one of those, which is enough for in a replacement of toast, it has five grams of carbohydrates in it, which is very little compared to what a piece of bread has. Yep. You know, they always talk about a bagel having like it's like an equal to four pieces of toast, mm-hmm. and we always think of a toast as having about 20 to 24 to 25 grams of carbohydrates or maybe six teaspoons of sugar, somewhere in that range. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine what a bagel has in it then. I think it's almost 15 teaspoons of sugar in a bagel. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good option too. So do we have other questions? And then, um, Kathy, you have a question. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Kathy? Yes. Yes. Hi there. Good morning. Your question today for us? How do you um, find out if you're insulin resistant? What can you do to find that out? You, you, go ahead, one of you. Well, I you can ask to get your A1C checked. And, you know, when we're meeting with people for a consultation, we can usually get a good indication just based on your symptoms. Mm-hmm. If you're having a lot of carbohydrate cravings, if your fat storage is in the midsection area, um, and then if your fasting blood sugar is elevated as well. If you crash right after meals. Yep. Or if your triglyceride number is higher, Mm -hmm. you know, above, say, 75 or something like that, Mm -hmm. that's kind of an indication. Mm -hmm. But you can also ask your doctor to run an insulin test for you Mm -hmm. and ask them to do that. Yeah. You have to ask for that when usually they don't always run that routine. That's right. Yep. Okay, thanks. Okay. All Thank right. You. Good question. And we have another caller. Good morning, Ellen. You have a question about coconut oil for us? Good yes. morning. Hello. Hello. Yes. I have heard that coconut oil is uh, good for preventing Alzheimer's. Do you have any information about that? We certainly do. Um, Mm -hmm. I can tell you what I do every morning in my cup of coffee with a little bit of cream. I put in a rounded teaspoon of coconut oil Mm -hmm. and it balances my blood sugar better. And it also, I think I think better. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it just kind of turns on your brain because it gets into your cells much faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Ellen, we're going to talk about that in just a second. We had a show about a year ago. Um, with Dr. Mary Newport, who did, we did a whole show on 
how coconut oil have affects and impacts Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Good, good questions this morning. Very good questions. So back to uh, the Alzheimer's topic today. You know, at this time, there is no known cure for Alzheimer's, but there's more and more research finding an an association to what people are eating or not eating to the risk factors. And in fact, Dr. Richard Lipton of the Albert Einstein College of Medicine said lifestyle changes look more promising than drug studies do. They haven't been very... uh, Successful. Um, successful. No, That's yeah. a word I was looking for. Brain. At finding a drug cure. No, they yeah. haven't. Um, you know, so we have kind of covered most of the show talking about how blood sugar can impact the brain. So let's kind of look at how fat affects it. So a lot of us understand that our brain is made up of fat. And if we want good memory function, we need to put in the correct fats for that. So I encourage people eat about or at least a tablespoon of fat per meal and snack. Uh, Low fat and fat free food products and all these things out there, those kind of diets lead to a brain that is starved of fat and can lead to poor memory. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that may relate back to thinking about why um, most of the people are women that have Alzheimer's. 75 percent are women. Maybe it's because women have been following a low-fat diet for years and years and years and years. You know, and as our caller said, coconut oil is a special fat for your brain. It kind of energizes your brain. And like I mentioned before, I put a rounded teaspoon of coconut oil in my cup of coffee in the morning, and I do it because I want a better memory. Mm -hmm. And can I pull out those words called (laughs) successful? (laughs) And it tastes good, too. Yep, it does. So if you want more information about the effectiveness of coconut oil, pick up Dr. Mary Newport's book, Alzheimer's Disease, What If There Was a Cure? The Story of Ketones. Or you can listen to the Dishing Up Nutrition podcast when dairy, when Dr. Mary Newport was a guest. Yeah, that was really a great show. And just mm-hmm. for those of you out there who are you know, thinking about what you can do, if you do have insulin resistance, what's great about fats like coconut oil and some other we're going to talk about is that even if you're insulin resistant, those fats can really get to your brain mm-hmm. and provide fuel. So it's something you could start doing right now to exactly. improve your brain health. Mm-hmm. So some other good fats you could do for a healthy brain is butter, uh, olive oil, avocados, nuts or seeds, salmon or sardines. And of course, we usually want to recommend taking an omega-3 supplement um, from a gr- good fish oil source and looking to get between three and 4,000 milligrams of that a day. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like three or four soft gel yeah. um, capsules every yep. day. Yep. Sometimes they're big. You can do liquid forms of it too if you have a hard sure. time swallowing those capsules. Did you see the report from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention that one third of American kids are still eating fast food every single day? Yes. Yeah. That was in the paper, I think, last week. And I think we all knew, know that fast food contains those refined oils and trans fats, and those are horrible for our brain function. Mm-hmm. So think about this. Are we setting up these kids for a future of Alzheimer's? Yes. And, mm-hmm. you know, even I read recently that I think 80% of all restaurant foods are done in a fast food restaurant. So mm-hmm. not only are kids eating fast food, that yeah. still have refined oils and trans fats yeah. 
But adults are doing that too. Yeah. yeah. And that's going to affect brain yeah. health. Absolutely. In addition to that, a lot of kids, you know, all those foods we just listed, like avocados and salmon and sardines, those aren't always kids' favorite foods. So not only are they getting all these bad fats and refined foods, they're not getting any of these good fats that are actually what make up every brain cell in your in your brain. Yeah. So You're right. You know, I've noticed that TV is so boring these days. <laughs> That I was reading research last night. <laughs> so Good Friday night activity. Yeah, I know. How, but it was much more interesting than what was on TV. So, um, you know, I, the, this is really cutting edge research that has shown that brain cells can regenerate. You know, and for years we have thought and believed that brain cell brain would shrink. Yeah. And that was what was going to happen to everybody. And and we were going to lose brain cells and it wasn't reversible. But now some of the recent science research scientists have found that brain cells can regenerate. And it's kind of interesting. They looked at an amino acid called taurine and they found that it plays an important role in creating new brain cells. And that was in that hippocampus. You know, we talked yeah. about that earlier in the show. What controls your memory. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we, we think about, where do you get these amino acids? Normally in food, we get them from protein, protein, mm-hmm. animal protein. So I know that we have taurine on our shelf at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You know, I've taken it myself for blood pressure control. And, but I really kind of stopped taking it recently. And I think I'm going back to it mm-hmm. because it really helps with memory. Mm-hmm. And it's not an expensive supplement. It's very inexpensive. And generally, as we age, that taurine level drops in us. Mm-hmm. But I think part of it is people stop eating as much protein yeah. as they get older, yeah. especially older women. Yeah. We yep. find that all Definitely. the time. You know, when we say you have to eat protein five times a day, yeah. they go, what? Mm-hmm. You know, I eat it for dinner and yeah. that's the only time yeah. I eat protein. Yeah. So if they start eating protein, like following the weight and wellness way mm-hmm. of eating and eating protein several times a day yeah. and taking a supplement of taurine, yeah. you know, I think if they take 700 to 1,000 milligrams of taurine every day for maybe three times a day, mm-hmm. you know, before meals, um, they're going to find that their memory gets better yeah. and they start to regenerate some of this brain cells. Yeah. I mean, I think this is just amazing. Yeah. Amazing research. Very promising research. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of a couple of people that they, a couple of diseases that they really recommended taurine for. Mm -hmm. It's people that have beginning Alzheimer's disease and people that have Parkinson's disease, Mm -hmm. kind of brain type of diseases. Very interesting. So, you know, it's just kind of interesting to read some possibilities of things that people can do for prevention and, you know, but we, it's again, when we talk about our approach to eating, where yeah. we're eating protein yeah. and then really healthy carbohydrates like vegetables mm-hmm. that provide antioxidants. Yeah. And then Those fats. Yeah. fats. Yeah. And it yeah. can be hard to navigate this. So we really encourage people, if you're struggling and you're just unsure of how to get in protein yeah. all day long and get in these fats, um, again, we do have those we, weekend Weight and Wellness Series starting October 9th, 10th, and 11th. Um, and we have the week, w- the weekly series starting October 12th. And those classes are going to walk you through some of the mm-hmm. topics we talked about today. 
things that can prevent insulin res- or prevent Alzheimer's, like insulin resistance and these good fats. So mm-hmm. it's a really life-changing class. Yeah. And we tell you how to do it on a day-to-day basis, yeah. how to fit this into your life. Yeah. So thank you. Thank I think, you. I hope people really enjoyed this show and that they learned a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening, yeah. everyone. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.